Hello? Hello? Is anybody out there? Welcome to All the Shit with Tom and Will. This This is the Quick Hit Weekly. Weekly. There he is. What's What's going on, Will? Oh, not too much. How are you? Good, man. Good. Hey, welcome back to All the Shit. And this is, of course, the Quick Hit Weekly, where Will and I just kind of talk about our week, what's gone on. It's been a long week, man. I don't know about you. I was on the road again all week traveling. I mean, I, I have no idea what your week was like. <laughs> I think I talked to you, uh, sent a couple messages back and forth on Teams. That's about it. Yeah, it was freaking long. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, first, couple housekeeping notes. If you ever want to know if you're screwing up, record a podcast broadcast it live and then have your wife listen to it <laughs> so <laughs> just off the top oh. a couple of housekeeping notes and that is i have to apologize to anna she she listened to that episode about the pirate flag and she agreed with just about everything that we said uh but she felt like i was a little too harsh on the front end of that podcast and that i was hitting her a little too hard and made her right. sound like a, an idiot and i just want to clarify for everybody out there my wife is not an idiot by any oh, stretch. Oh, no. And I definitely did not take it that way. So, um, you know, whether that was her perspective or not, it certainly wasn't mine. Uh, you know, what's funny, after that episode, uh, after that night, I sent Caitlin a link to the YouTube um, because I, I hadn't done that previous. I was just like, she didn't really ask. I didn't figure she wanted to wanted to see. But after we had that conversation, I was like, here's a link. If you want to see what we're doing, you know, so I'm wondering if I'm going to have that conversation in a couple of weeks time as well. I'm sure at some point she'll probably make a joke about stabbing you in the throat with a knife. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yes, I, I will clarify that where my wife is lacking is in her knowledge of debauchery online. Right. So Which only is kind fans. Of- desirable. Right. Emoji. In a spouse. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I know she's not, you know lurking in the dark corners of the internet but those are the specific things that are culturally relevant you know laughable jokeable that she was like what is this so well that's what happens when you marry a freaking dj and anna (laughs) (laughs) yeah man so traveling this week was interesting our flight got canceled the morning of we were supposed to be flying out of roanoke which is a small regional airport connecting in charlotte and going down to savannah for the show we got to the airport. They didn't actually cancel the flight until we were in the airport. So bags were checked. We're sitting at the gate. And then they canceled the flight for weather. So ultimately, we just, you know, long story short, we rented the car. We drove down. That was fine. The uh, the interesting thing that really got me thinking about this show and, and what we could talk about this week, between angry drivers and road rage and an incident that happened in the trade show hall with another exhibitor, it really got me thinking about how we react to people and we're projecting what's going on in our lives when we get responses from them does that make sense yeah but just i want to i want to clarify for a moment were you ready to throw knuckles with a with another exhibitor no 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 no, no. nothing like that okay i was like oh that's no i missed a good show no i'll tell you the story but it's one of those things that you know you can respond to someone with your initial gut reaction but if you really think about what might be going on in their life that causes them to react or respond a certain way, it can help reframe your perspective of a person. 
And I think that's especially important in a situation where you're meeting someone for the first time. You know, first impressions are everything. Right. But uh, sometimes you just can't, you can't fully understand where someone's coming from. So we're at the show. It's it's a bad show for us. It's the wrong fit. We kind of knew that going in. So not a huge loss from that perspective. But on the last day of the show, uh, the bar comes out. So they have the bar card in there. And all of a sudden, like, Bon Jovi starts blaring through the exhibit <laughs> hall. And I'm looking I'm like, what kind of nonsense is this? Talk right? about crusty old white dudes, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. It was very it was a very crusty old white dude type show. Yeah. But um they only play one song, right? Living on a prayer, and then the music goes off. And then I hear it come back, but I don't know what this song is. So I'm like, whatever. I, I go to get some water, fill up my water bottle. And I walk past a booth that's actually on our row. It's like four booths down. And there's two dudes in Hawaiian shirts. One guy is just like sitting back reading some material. The other guy has got, got a little boom box and a little plastic microphone. And he's playing music. And he wants to get karaoke going. That's his goal. Oh. Right. So, so I, he, you know, I'm walking by and he's just like shouting to people. He's like, hey, man, hey. Check out this chord. Check out this chord. It's a major fifth. You hear that? And it's like, you know, it's a duet. It's a guy and a girl. So I turn around. And I'm just like, yeah, man, what is, is, is this your mixtape? Is this you and your wife? You know? And uh, he laughs about it. And then, uh, so, you know, I turn around to walk away again. He's like, hey, come on back. Come on back. Let me show you my solo. So I'm going back. And uh, he's got his phone. He's like, hey, Siri, play Josh Groban. <laughs> and uh, so... And he calls out the name of the song. He said, um, so the song is You Raise Me Up. Have you heard that song? I don't I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to. Okay. So it, very popular Josh Groban. So you know who Josh Groban is? No, no. I'm drawing okay. a blank, dude. I might right, recognize so, it if I heard it, but I'm bad so with like a classical, and... like not quite opera, but in that vein, like a, a Michael Buble or something like that. Anyway. So he calls this out, and he's, he says, like, he, he names the song, but he doesn't quite name it right. And so I'm just trying to show him, oh, I know who you're talking about. I tell him, you mean this song? He's like, yeah, well, Siri got it anyway. So I, I forget exactly. I said to him, I thought you were going to go with Andrea Bocelli. And he goes, fuck no. I don't, I don't deal with, with immigrants. He's uh, like, so, you know, he, he says something very, very, that immediately I'm like, Whoa, bro, bro. That, like that escalated quickly. Yes. And so I was like, all right, well, I mean, cool, man. And he's like, he just rolls right into it. He's like, especially, especially Vietnamese people, don't mess with them. Are and, you serious? Like, yes, yes. So, what the so fuck then, here? so then, like, he's an older guy, right? So I'm like, all right, Clint Eastwood in, uh, oh my you God. Know, El get Camino. off my lawn. Yes. Yeah, so he, he pulls the Clint Eastwood and El Camino. And then, um, after he makes that comment, I was just like, oh, were you, you know, were you in the war? And he's like, he starts making gestures like this. And, and I was like, oh, you, were you a pilot? And I asked if he flew the F-4, which I knew is one of the main Air Force fighters used in, in Vietnam. And he said, no, I'm an, uh, I was a Navy guy. And immediately he goes into, I flew X number of missions and on my last mission, I actually crashed on the deck of the carrier coming back in. 
He's like, do you want to see the scar on my neck? And I was like, no, no I'm good. But I, I, I'm still just like in this weird place where he goes from what I heard as just intense racism to telling me his story. And then, you know, he's, he, he looks at me and says, my squadron went over there with 270 some guys. And when we came out, there was 74 of us left. And just like, then I could see him, like his eyes were just like, he wasn't there for a second. He was just like, and so I just wonder, you know, why, why I made it, why I made it out. So Dude. I, I think, yeah. And like, he had started crying, had to sit down. And so then I'm like immediately in consolation mode. Like, Hey man, it's, it's okay. You know, came out, gave me a hug and we just had like a nice little chat about, you know, just like calming him down and getting him back on a level. So I feel like what probably happened was that bar car came out. He had a couple of drinks and just like stuff surfaced in him. But if you just met him for that first part of the conversation, you'd be like this crusty old racist. Why is he even here? Why is he doing like, why is he in business with talking to other people for a living? And then you get the whole story and it changes the perspective. I don't, I don't necessarily know that he hates Vietnamese people as a whole, but he has some very significant trauma related to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just one of those things that was just like, I, I've, I felt like a ping pong ball emotionally going back and forth. Listen to this. You know, on the one hand, I'm like, dude, I can't, I don't even want to associate with you. On the other hand, I'm giving him a hug and consoling him. So it's, it was a weird, weird vibe. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. First, much love for, for Vietnam. I, I had a, a roommate from Vietnam, uh, Tong Mai. If you're listening, shout out to you, bro. Live with that guy. He was a beast. Biggest Asian dude I had ever seen, like muscular. He reminded me of Bolo, uh, you know, from uh, Enter the Dragon. Um, Bruce Lee? No? No, no. Oh, Anyways. okay, okay. I need, yeah, I need he to was watch the, that movie. the big yeah. guy. The big guy. Um, okay. But so first off, how how long had the drink cart been out before this incident occurred? Well, I probably about half an hour, forty five minutes. I already had one, and after I went to the bathroom, I went back and got a second. So, but yeah, I mean, if he hit him up on the way by, putting in work, he could only be like four or five deep, right? Yeah, yeah. And but it, I mean, so, it could have been doubles. It could have been yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But that's still crazy. And to go from trying to draw a crowd at his booth, you know, after happy hour, freaking karaoke, to whatever came across as, you know, racism initially, to, like, crying and, like, having a that, that moment of emotional whatever. Like, how does that... That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Like, out of yeah. the blue. Yeah. I don't know what triggered it, but I, I guess uh, it was Andrea Bocelli. <laughs> Like I wouldn't even have known. Probably when he when he dropped the the anti uh, you know Viet comment, I probably would have just strolled off at that point. You know, you know maybe you did him a favor in a way by not doing that. But just knowing my personality, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not messing with this. I'm out. Uh, you know, and so maybe maybe you allowed him an opportunity to you know to vent, to talk, to to connect with somebody, right? Which is that's funny. This is kind of what this project's about, but. It's just, that's crazy, man, right? Like, the, the stuff, the universe, whatever, puts in your path sometimes, right? And if you're yeah. in the right headspace or you're willing to engage, 
uh, it's it's kind of crazy what can come out of it sometimes. Yeah, that was a a first, I'll say, where especially one that had gone that long, right? Yeah, I've definitely encountered racist people before, and it was just like, all right, bud, see you later. Yeah, you know? but this was a the first where it kind of went back and forth, and I got someone's story and the backstory behind kind of where their where their mind and their heart was in that moment. And so let me ask you this though, like I, I right because when you describe this guy, I I pictured somebody that was thirty or forty years old. Um, when you made the comment about the war or whatever it was, were you being a smartass or were you actually inquiring if he if he participated or you know was was there so to speak, or were you just being like a wise guy? No, I was genuinely asking. Because, okay, because you thought it it might have been a possibility based on his appearance, his age, yeah, all he these was, things. Yeah, he was. I think he made a comment. He was almost eighty, so okay. he's right. He's right in that age group. Yeah, so that's um, a bit of the 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 context I didn't have just from what I heard you say. Yes, it, it was a combination of. I'm at that point now where I'm very interested in in learning people's stories. Mm-hmm. You know, as a younger guy, I was way more focused on just me. Yeah. And not necessarily even wanting to tell my story, but just to be completely myopic in the way that I looked at the world and the whole world was my story. Right. And so there's that. There's the side of me that is trying to learn how to have a conversation with anybody. So it was almost like, oh, here's a, a you know, a challenge for you. How do you yeah. have a conversation and bring it around? And how can you wrap this conversation with a guy that is seems on the surface to be just a straight up racist. So it was almost like a growth opportunity for yourself. And you're like, huh, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to lean into this. Yeah. That, yeah. And, you know, of course, growing up with my dad being in the Air Force, I knew all the jets. I knew all the, you know, so as soon as he said he was a pilot, immediately I wanted to know what he flew and, you know, tell yeah. him, oh, I had that model plane when I was a kid, this and that. Because you had that common ground. Yep. So that was kind of the genesis of, of, of that part of it. Yeah, for sure. Wow. As you walked back to the booth, your head had to be swimming. It was, and it was, um, I still, I hadn't landed it yet. You know, like it was still kind of exactly like you said, just bobbing around. And I had to retell the story to Tyler. And in the retelling of the story, that's when I was really like, okay, I think I see kind of probably what happened and what triggered that. Yeah. And um, then I retold it again that evening. We hung out with uh, a a, a vendor of ours yeah. and retold that story. And it was, I think it, it even hit a little bit different for them because they were older than me. Right. Uh, not quite aged to be veterans of that war. Yeah. But I think they knew probably a lot more people yeah. that had been through yep. something similar. You know, yeah. what did Tyler say when you retold that story the first time? His reaction was very similar to yours. Just like, Blown away that at a trade show where your yeah. job is to talk to anybody and everybody who comes up, that you could have you know a hatred for a specific type of person. It doesn't That's... matter who it is. If your if your job is to interface with everybody on behalf of a company and put their name on your reputation yeah. and the way you treat people. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. I would like. I don't know that in that. You know, I would have pursued it long enough to have that conversation. And if I had that conversation, by the time I got back to the booth, I don't know that I would have had the energy to tell, tell, like, to tell that story. One, I'm not a good storyteller. And so it's very exhausting for me to try and tell a story and, and get the, 
the story across, not just the key points. You know what I'm saying? And so just thinking through having something so crazy that, you know, your mind would be racing or swimming and then trying me trying to, uh, you know, to tell that story, I I probably would have just been like, dude, you would not believe what happened, but I don't even know where to start. So just trust me, it was crazy, you know? Yeah. So. And I think it's one thing for us to, you know, have that initial reaction of, oh, freaking racist, right? Yeah. But we weren't over there with our best friends and buddies and hearing the stories of what they were doing to prisoners of war, what they were doing to people they captured, you know, losing people right and left. I mean, I know the guys from World War II had similar experiences, right? Whether it was didn't want to have anything to do with Germans, would not go back to Germany, or particularly in the Pacific, not wanted to have anything to do with the Japanese, right? Right. I think that's that's understandable. And I probably would be the same way, at least initially, upon return. Yeah. I think that over time, you know, there's all kinds of stories of, of people connecting. After, you know, t- I think what that prompted, actually, when I told Tyler that story, he told me, he recounted another story to me that he'd heard of a... Um, a, a U.S. bomber that was on a, a run into Germany and got hit and was then turning around and trying to get back to England. And there was a German fighter that was on the ground at the time, saw it limping along. The guy jumped in his plane and went up after it to try and shoot it down. Mm-hmm. So once he got in position above it and noticed that there was a huge hole in it, the thing was not going, you know, it was limping along. He could see people inside the plane administering aid to, you know, one of the gunners or whoever was hit. And he just, he decided not to shoot. And so he wound up pushing them far enough. They started running because they assumed he was coming to get them. Right. So he turned off course and went out to sea. He followed them to the point where he started signaling to them to turn around and go back to England because it was far enough away that no one on his side would have been able to see that he didn't shoot them down. Right. And eventually they did. And then after the war, one of the guys was reading accounts from this German flying ace who turned out to be the guy that had went up and pursued them. Right. And read his account of that story and reached out. And so they reconnected after the war and became close friends. Yeah. So there are certainly instances like that, but I can see it going both ways. And it totally depends on your experience and what you endured during that time. And I think it's unfair for anybody to judge unless you've been there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard, man, you know, like in principle, right. I try not to assume I know anything about anybody. Right. And I try to extend them all the benefit of the doubt when I have, I have no idea what it was like, the horrors, what that does to you mentally, psychologically, emotionally, physically, right. All these things. But on the other hand, just on the devil's advocate side of side of this, there is, I mean, and you can probably sense to an extent when you're talking to somebody like that, or when you're in a similar situation, the difference between just a damaged, broken human being versus hate, like real hate, you know? Um, yeah. And, and we all we all have our biases, whatever it may be, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I would like to think that my mind is strong enough that I would not m- misconstrue the actions of, of a few, you know, and hold that against an entire race of people. You know, um, but I can't 
you know, like many things, that's that's what I'd like to believe sitting here safe in my chair in my house, you know, not having that person. Just my perspective. That's all I all I have. I have no idea. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's tough, man. That's that's why I think one of the, the key things, the hallmark of a decent human being is is to just like people do a lot of messed up stuff. Right. And sometimes it's overt and sometimes it's not and sometimes it's hateful and sometimes it's not and sometimes it just comes from a place of damage and and brokenness, Um, you know, but if we can, you know, not sit back and and just be like, oh, they are a horrible person because they did X, Y, Z or they said this or, you know, whatever, which I think is kind of the point you're getting to, right? Try try to avoid that because you can't ever really know their whole story. Yeah, and I want to be really clear that I did not then interrogate him. You know, when he said that, I was like, please uh, confirm, is this all Vietnamese people or, you know, who, who yeah. do you hate? You know? Yeah. So it was one of those things that it's also, you know, the guys that served also have their own lingo, you know, and they have, I think they would understand more than anyone, certainly more than me, just listening to that guy's story and the way that he said it you know, what his true intention was. And he could have been just making like conversation. It just sounded to me very off-putting. And that's well, a generational he, thing I mean, too. To, if he's 80 years old, right. How, how You've talked to a few 80-year-olds and a lot of them don't give a shit about, you know, what you think or like. Right. And sometimes they say off-the-wall shit just to screw with you, you know. That's also so, true. Yeah. Who, yeah. who knows? Point is, yeah, I don't, I don't think I did this conversation any just any justice but it's just like i'm still just kind of trying to process what it would be like to have been in your shoes in that situation because it's just so bizarre yeah and i think that's an extreme case so the point i was trying to make and kind of hinting around when we started the conversation was i I said something about road rage right yeah and so obviously on the on the road we saw plenty of dumbass moves by people in traffic that of course when you're on the road you're like what is this what's this guy doing right yeah and there was a couple that were clearly malicious, cutting people off, going yeah. around somebody that's going too slow in the fast lane, you know, jumping over right on their bumper in front of them. Dumb stuff. And, you know, I, it's one of those things that you also have to wonder, all right, I could react very badly. And, and this did not happen to us, right? So we didn't right. get cut off, but we're observing. You could react very, very poorly to that. And I probably would in that moment, because in this instance, it's a very... It's a safety issue. Right, right, right. If you're, right, if you're yeah. threatening someone's life by the way that you're driving, that's different. But we also had an instance where we tried to get over to jump off to catch an exit we almost missed. Yeah. And we had to slow down a little bit to do it. There's room in the left lane, but the person behind us just laid on their horn and went by and actually rolled down their window to yell at us. And it's one of those things like, A, why are you mad? You had room. But B, in that situation, historically... I would get very worked up and angry about it. Yeah. Right. And just imagine, oh, I'm get back on the highway and go find this person and give them the yeah, bird. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. But recently I started when someone does that and I know I was at fault and they're super pissed off. You just give I'll, them the, I'll smile and wave. Right. So a, that could escalate. Nice, though. But it's also an escalation. It yeah. Is. Yeah. It's a very passive aggressive move. Yeah. That is super passive aggressive. So, but, but the point is, you never know what someone in that situation is going through. Yeah. Right? If they had a really shit day 
or something is going horribly wrong in their life and they're just looking for an outlet and it just happens to be you that's there. Yeah. If it's not something that physically threatens me, I'm starting to try to work on giving people the benefit of the doubt and not only not discounting their personhood and value as a human being, but also acknowledging that they do still have value as a human being. Having some empathy for not knowing what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the flip side of that is I don't have nearly as much stress as I used to. Yeah. I would get worked up and my blood pressure would be high for the next mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, steaming, thinking steaming. about it. Steaming. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So not having that has just been great. But it's it's the same thing, really, right? Like, you see that person in that moment without any context. It's the same as me having a conversation with that dude in that moment with no context. Yeah. If you walk away or you leave and you don't have the opportunity to figure out that context, you can either assume someone's a piece of garbage or you can give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I think that your life is ultimately better if you give more people the benefit oh, of the doubt and absolutely. let them prove you wrong. That anger, right? that rage isn't hurting anybody but you, you know? So th- that road rage one, that's a, that's an interesting one for me too. I'm the type of dude that's usually passing everybody, not being reckless or anything. Um, you know, and if somebody's in the left lane driving, I'm like, I'll get behind them. I won't tailgate them. I'll give them an opportunity to get over, give them some time, or I'll pass them on the right and get around them. You know, but as long as I can, I can get by, you know, I'm cool. And, you know, if I, if I zone out and I realize I'm in the left lane and somebody's behind me, I'll get over and, you know, my bad, you know, type thing. And so I'm usually pretty, pretty mellow. But the, the thing that gets me is when, you know, somebody maliciously does something, right? You know, yeah. for, uh, when I directly have not necessarily done anything uh, towards them or or infringed on them in any way, and they're they're like they're being malicious, and that's where I'm like, oh, okay, we can play, you know. Um, yeah. But it's the same thing. There's no good can come of that. None. Yeah, yeah that's the thing to to recognize is that it's a lose lose. Nobody comes Absolutely. out ahead. Absolutely. And all you do is jack up your blood pressure. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, that's how accidents happen and people die and get hurt, like really hurt. You know, that's the other thing, too, that really like when somebody is being really reckless and dangerous around me, especially if I have the kids in the car, that's one that jacks my blood pressure up, too. And I'm like, if we end up pulling off at the same gas station or something, fortunately, that hasn't happened yet because it would continue to escalate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when you'd want Caitlin there with a knife in her hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will stab you if you get out of this car. I'm like, cool, yeah. well, I guess I'm going to get stabbed and shot, because this right here... <laughs> it's going down. It's going down. So, yeah, man, anyways, I, I wanted to share that and just kind of get your thoughts on that. And, you, you know, you reacted kind of the same way that I did initially, just like floored by... Yeah. The absurdity. It's not even absurdity, just the the pure malice of what it sounded like. And again, I don't know if it was intended that way or not, but just in getting that guy's full story, at least enough of it to understand the context of his comments, it made me look at it a little different. And I'm grateful for that opportunity to have a chance to step back and reset that conversation and kind of reevaluate it. Well, I mean, just the, the clarity to not let any of your preconceived biases or notions 
cloud your judgment, you know, and then because you could you could have gone tunnel vision and, and been like, this dude's a racist. This dude's the enemy. This guy's the bad guy. You know, he it's him. It's him. It's him. But you had the emotional intelligence, you know, to to just kind of take it for what it was and, and not immediately, you know, focus on him being all that is wrong in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us could benefit from that. Just taking that time. It is a hard skill to learn. It is very hard. You absolutely have to be policing yourself constantly. And it takes a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. to be able to identify when you're yeah. getting lit up about something and just calm yourself down in that moment without it being, you know, flying out of hand too quick. Yep. And the higher your stress, the higher your cortisol, all those things, the harder it is to do that, to have that presence of mind. Yeah. And it, it also depends on your mood and setting, right? If I had been in a bad mood and then my fuse is shorter and I have a lot less leash yep. to give, yeah, that's when those things can escalate real quickly. So oh, yeah. I think going back to, you know, understanding when you're in a bad mood, kind of what we were talking about last week with the pirate emoji, it's basically like sending it to myself and being like, yeah. hey man, note to self, you're not in the best headspace right now. It's not going to take much to set you off. So be conscious of that in your interactions going forward today and uh, don't let anything really tee you off. Yeah. I just wanted to share that story with you because that was kind <laughs> that's of a doozy. wild. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. That's, that's crazy, man. I love crazy stories like where nobody gets hurt. Right. Right. right yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? I got to tell you this story too. Yeah. So also at the show, I ran into this guy that I met a couple years ago at the same show mm-hmm. and I had a product I wanted to ask him about. And so I, I saw him at our hotel when we checked and he was at the same hotel we were. We got in there. I saw this guy walk by and I was like, oh, great. Lee's at the show. I'm going to have to talk to him about this thing. Right. And I see him at the show hall, not the next day, but the day after, the third day. And I go over to his booth and I had previously stopped by. He wasn't there. His colleague was there, but Lee's the chemist. So he's the one I need to talk to. Right. His colleague's got a red eye. He's got like some eye infection going on. He looks all wonky. Oof. Right? Stuff and of nightmares tell, at yeah, a trade just, show. <laughs> he was having a bad day. Just a bad day. Yeah. So I went back later because Lee, I saw him there. I walked over to the booth and Lee's got a black eye and a cut over oh, his eye. Oh, shit. They yeah, got messed up. So I'm just joking with him like, oh, what happened, man? You and you and David butt heads. And, and he kind of laughed and he was like, no, man, I got cold cocks last night. Sucker punched. Yeah. And I was, so did you I get was the like, whole story? Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. And I said, wait a minute, for, for real? And he's like, yeah. I was like, where were you? Just walking back to the hotel. I was right outside the hotel last night. I was just walking down the street. I was looking at my phone, checking emails. And boom, next thing I knew, I was laid out. And I was like, what? Are you you're serious? And he's like, yes. And this is the second time that's happened to me. <laughs> was he rolling solo? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And but I mean, so- like... Where was this? He this said was the Savannah? first time it happened, I woke up in the ER. And I'm thinking, bro, if you got put in the ER from one doing punch? this, like, why would you, how, how could you walk down the street at night at a show again looking at your phone? Like, yeah, first learn, off, learn. Why, like, why are you not, like, semi aware of your, your surroundings? I mean, it is the safest part of town. There's cops everywhere. And you're doing business things at a business show. So I, I understand. Don't care. I don't I, trust anybody. I'm always hey man, shifty eyes. Yes, and I was shifty AF after that, right? <laughs> Tyler and I, everywhere we walk, we're like, head on a swivel, head on a swivel. You know, so we're is this walking. guy like, does he have a face that people just want to punch? Or? He's a pretty big dude, too. 
Really? Yeah, like he's he's older, right? Probably mid fifties. Yeah, but he's not. He he looks like he could handle himself. Wow! Did they yeah. rob him or anything? No. Or it's and just... he was like he was like yeah, it's a TikTok thing that's knocked people out, and it reminded me of a story when Tyler and I went to Philadelphia oh last year. We were walking down the street coming back from dinner, and a group of kids walked by. And after they walked by, Tyler looked at me and he goes. I think one of them just slapped me in the back of the head. And How do you we, think somebody slapped you well, on the back he, of the he head? Noticed, he noticed they did, but he, he wasn't trying to like be alarmist, I think. you know. Ooh, ooh. What did you do? I, we turned around and looked for them, but they were gone. It was a group of girls, too. Get out of here. Yeah, and I think what happened was they were trying to smack him in the back of the head, the same thing, try and knock him out. Because he's a tall, lanky guy. He was too tall. She didn't quite get him, and she was too short to get any kind of leverage on the situation. But it's it's just like I don't I've never experienced that. That was not a thing when we were growing up. But something so, to yeah. be aware of now. Hey guys, hey, welcome to my channel. I'm gonna commit some assault. Um, we're gonna see if we can hurt somebody. What the hell is wrong with people? I don't like, know. Man. Seriously? Yeah. Because you do that in the wrong now. part of town, and you're gonna get your ass shot. Well, yeah, I imagine that they're probably not going after the people that live in town. They're going after people that they can tell are from out of town. That's oh, the point. my God. I Look, man, I don't want anything like super life-altering to happen, but I wouldn't mind if a few of these kids got the shit knocked out of them because they need yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's one thing that I do litigate often. I found myself doing it last night. We just got home, right? I'm going to bed, and I'm just imagine this scenario in my head where Tyler gets popped, and I see him. And I'm going to chase that kid down. I might break his arm. I might bust his teeth in. I might just hold on to him by the ear and take his pants off, let him go, take his ID and his phone with, with his pants, send him home <laughs> naked, and uh, you know take his phone and, and go to the cops. But I go through all these scenarios, and like about three minutes in, I realize my teeth are clenched. Every muscle in my back is like flexed, and I'm just like tearing this kid apart in my head. And that's another situation. Where I don't need that stress. I don't need to be relitigating this thing. I don't need to be pre-planning anything because it's one of those things that, hey, man, if it happens, it happens. You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to recall that anyway, right? Yeah. Unless you've physically done it a handful of times and it's muscle memory. And but I'm not doing that. What in the hell is wrong with these kids? You know, uh, who knows, right? It could be many things, right? Broken homes, this, that, the other. But I mean, that just bothers me. Because this is the this is kind of the the way the world is going, and that's not good. Yeah. Anyway, those are my those are my trade show stories today. God, that one made you. me angry. I'm ready to go fucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, you don't you don't have to travel much anymore. Um, no. But yeah, I mean, that's a good incentive for me to to stay in shape a little bit, just pop these pop these traps a little bit, and maybe uh, yeah, maybe get people to. Think I'm twice before start, coming after I'm me, my boy. I'm gonna have to stop dieting, man. I'm I'm cut down 60, 70 pounds from my from my peak. I'm gonna have to put it back on. That way, if somebody hits me, I just roll down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude! God. Yeah. So, my anyway, goodness. Yeah, that was my show. That was my week, and uh, we're we're already at, at time. So, unfortunately, we'll we'll kick back and uh, get version of your week. Another time. Yeah, man. Yeah, sounds good. All right, man. Hey, always good to see you. You too. All right, buddy. Later. Later.